Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all our beloved family and friends around the world. Welcome to Dr. Catherine May's Blog Talk Radio program, Channel Panel. Today is Wednesday, August 13, 2014. And for tonight's program, we have as our guest, Catherine, our host and channel, and welcoming Mother God and Sunat Kumara. And for our newer callers, Catherine's mentor in visual centering, Amos Ginsberg, Ginsberg, was the incarnation of... (laughs) Gunsberg. Gunsberg. Gunsberg, yeah, Amos Gunsberg. (laughs) Gunsberg (laughs) was the incarnation of Sanat Kumara. So I know Mm -hmm. Catherine is always excited to hear from her friend um, for tonight's call. This is Meg Davis, your co-host, calling in from the greater Atlanta area in Georgia. And I'm so happy to be together tonight. Good evening, Catherine. Hi, Meg. <laughs> Sorry Hi. to interrupt you there, but uh, I don't think well, he would have care. But I'm right. <laughs> get it right, yeah. <laughs> so that that piece I was just playing, of course, is Cat Stevens, who calls himself Yusef Islam, and he was singing his song, Peace Train, on the occasion of the Nobel Prize being given to Mohammed Yunus, who was the man who um, originated the idea of giving micro-loans to the women all around uh, Bangladesh so that they could start businesses. And it was a tremendous success. And, uh, and so he probably was invited to sing that song for Mohammed Yunus. So I thought that was a nice occasion to to make mm. note of as we start our call. And we love that song. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's what we're looking forward to. So I guess we should um, tell people who we are. I'm going to introduce you, Meg Davis. Um, Meg is a very...
talented acupuncturist and also um, a real expert in alternative uh, techniques and nutrition. So we use Meg as our um, resource for that kind of thing. And I'm going to make a little announcement. On Sunday during our healing call, Meg is going to give us a little uh, talk on diabetes, the causes and cures. Right, Meg? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Great. So tonight, our Wednesday call, we um, have traditionally allowed people to ask questions. So we've been pretty busy over the last few calls, so I we haven't had time for questions. But I want to let people know at the end of the call, we'll save a few minutes to a- answer questions if you have any. But it seems like the masters have been just inundating us with information and trying to answer all our questions. So people who've listened to the... Um, and listened and read the daily messages. It's been five weeks we've had a message every day except for two times when I was traveling. So that's a lot of messages. I think there are about 35 of them now. Five weeks, wow. (laughs) Yeah, every day. So all of them, it's, it's remarkable how they were able to do this. Each one is a different, slightly different approach and a little more information about how to raise your vibration, about why you need to, and about our history. And, of course, last night's message was a blockbuster. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, information there that <laughs> I certainly didn't know and... You know, I don't know if anyone else has heard it in quite that form. Um, but I recommend that everyone read it at least three times because it takes it takes some um, absorbing to really get the depth and and profound meaning of what they're trying to teach us and what they revealed to us last night. So I'm just going to do it. No, I want to. I want to let you. You're so good at doing a synopsis. Do you think you could? Oh my gosh, that was such a big message. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I give the one, it. the piece of it that I think is most important, and then I, if you yeah. can elaborate on other things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the piece that I didn't know before, and that I don't know if anyone else did either, is that. We were told by Serapis Bay, um, who's one who's sort of in charge of our ascension project here, that not only have we dedicated ourselves to trying to defeat the darkness with peaceful, peaceful means, Um, as much as possible and to raise the light on the planet we knew we were doing that but what he told us was ultimately that the human race was actually created for the purpose 
of defeating the dark ones. And that it was a cosmic project um, bringing DNA and um, various kinds of contributions from systems all over, from planets all over the galaxies and the universe. And that we were specifically created and um, we're dedicated to the planet Earth. You know, we're put here on planet Earth to develop and to be the ones who would hopefully find a way to defeat the dark ones in such a way that they would have to come to the light. So we've talked about the Lucifer Project. Maybe you could add that piece. Can you weave it together for us, Meg? It's a, it's a tall order, and I'm sorry I didn't give you any warning. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I'm still sort of so profoundly moved and you know, not in shock, that's not the right word, but just amazed at um, the level of information we were given. And when the line in the piece right after said the part that you did was it was God versus <laughs> fill in the blank. You know, it was it was such a strong idea of we are going to give this the biggest chance we can to see what this how this will roll out. And I was and then there was the one light being who volunteered to go Mm -hmm. in, and that was Lucifer, Mm -hmm. and to to work as a double agent, triple agent, probably quadruple agent, Mm -hmm. to be able to work within the dark thought forms and the dark energies and the dark beings and develop plan after plan after plan after plan. And it wasn't being. It was consulting, more consulting, more plan, a different way, a different aspect, because he was working with people with free will. He was working with people that could still make choices. And all he could do was continue to shine the brightest beacon of light to help us wake up. It was so moving and as Lucifer has said that he never went back in between incarnations to the fifth dimension and higher to have Mm -hmm. that soothing time with his friends and family to to go over the incarnation again to be able to receive the perspective he just went back into the fourth took time, went back in, even though he still had consciousness, you know, full consciousness. And, and when I hear that, when I hear him talk about that, it's so moving, the dedication and the optimism he had and the faith he had. And now we know with this created race what we were truly created for. And all the more sweet being in this position knowing it is done. Mm-hmm. And knowing that with the information we were given, we still had to be on the ground with the energy. We still had to wake up every day and choose 
and choose again and choose again. And how profound it is to read that message and know that the light has won. It's just mm-hmm. won. And For those who haven't... We... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, for no, those who, who don't know the backstory, um, when Lucifer came, he came as a double agent. The, the dark ones thought he was their leader. So this is where the name Lucifer got associated with darkness because they thought he was their leader. But meanwhile, he was working for the light and trying to accomplish, you know, well, some really complex programs, as you said. But we described one of them when we did the um, ceremony, when we narrated the ceremony of the reptilians returning to the light. Actually, it was the reptilians and all the other dark entities returning to the light on August 22nd of last year. So for about a year, the the dark entities that had invaded the planet and had even invaded human bodies are gone. But what's left are the thought forms, the habits, the feelings, the memories, the nightmares, the thoughts and the way of life that they established here and now it's up to us to rid ourselves of that but the archons as as he called them are the, the dark ones who cannot go above the fifth dimension but they can make a lot of trouble in the lower dimensions So this is our job now, is to realize that we truly are living in an illusion now because everything that's wrong, everything we complain about, the suffering, the poverty, the despots, the wars, are of our own doing now. So when we raise our vibrations and we truly dedicate ourselves to group consciousness to aligning ourselves with the higher levels of thought and feeling that is what we will create on the planet that's what we are creating on the planet so it's a pretty exciting time and it also means that we're not fighting um, a terrible force anymore we're we're shadow boxing there are no dark entities here that we have to defeat there are just the ones who are still stuck in those patterns so they really have no power and as we speak the um, military political and banking power that the cabal had is is melting away it's just completely being removed so we are on the edge of a fabulous time 
You can yes. feel the RV getting closer by the minute, can't you? Oh, yes. And I'll um, add something that we discovered at the retreat in High Falls. Mm-hmm. And and let me just put a little sort of um, drop a little seed in our listeners' ears. This retreat can happen everywhere. What's created here can happen in your life and in your city and in your town and with your friends. And if you have a few people in your area that are listening to these calls and you talk about this information, it can happen in the blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, here you have a retreat and here you have a weekend where you can bring this information and ground it in your area. So as we're all posting on the Facebook page, Healing for Ascension Tour Group, about our weekend, it is to it is to excite people that this is something that's possible all over. And Catherine just loved it. She will go anywhere, <laughs> almost anywhere, to do these retreats, and it just is her lifeblood. And and you know we're so happy to take advantage of her generous time and heart. So let me just throw that out there. Um, Okay. So one of the things, yes. Yeah, do you have a that, have a something playing in the background, or is that no. you? That's not you. Not me. Okay. Not you. I think we have. Okay. Crickets. That's all I have here. Uh huh. I have to <laughs> mute the. I forgot. Maybe I'm, conference call. I have the conference call line open, so I have to mute the people who are who are there. Yeah. All right, so we're good. So, yeah, so picking up on what you were saying about how to go about working with these, this shadow boxing is one of the things that they, that the, that the etheric retreat of Prema Swarupa worked with us on was being able to anchor in the higher dimensions our vision of the world. And that means mm-hmm. for anything, for our, for our life, the life of our friends and family, the life of work, the life of your community, and then, of course, area of the world as well as the planet as a whole. And they encouraged us to work with the group consciousness to vision where we wanted to go and anchor it with our vision in the higher realm, lock into it, create the consciousness, and then watch it drop down with mm-hmm. our anticipation. And so I went to work today and I envisioned every person there and asked for their iron presence to come forward. I linked up into uh, holding hand group consciousness and said for them to drop down a love blast, everybody there, and work with us on creating that consciousness in this realm. And you could feel it. The day was magic. Everybody mm. laughing, joking, having fun patience just enjoying us. I heard conversations up and down the halls that were light and love and laughing. And and I work in a happy place, so that says a lot that we could even go higher. So play with this because when we feel a situation is intractable, when we feel a relationship is stuck, try this out because I felt very empowered 
to do it on my own but impact everyone as a whole and talk about raising vibrations. And it just took maybe 10 minutes. It wasn't even that long. But I just asked for the highest good and asked for their I am presences to zap us with a beautiful lightning bolt of love. And it was great. So I think we can use this to break apart things that we can't quite figure out on this level. And right. we can work with the higher realms and the I am presences and the higher selves to do the muscle work, to enlist their help. And as long as we're acting in love and light, of course they will help us move people around us. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to say what a great experience that was and how we can enlist their help to move these energies with us and be a partner. Terrific explanation. Thank you. Yes. I think that's a, a really good suggestion to for people to, you know, we talk about higher vibrations and higher realms and how to, you know, connect with your higher self. That was a really good concrete explanation about how it works. You literally talk to your higher self and you ask your higher self to talk to other people's higher selves. And then you have a group, consciousness. That's how it works. So it's not so mysterious, you know. It really, um, it's a very practical thing to do. And in fact, when I do sessions to ask for people's to talk to people's higher self to find out a bit about their soul projects and so on. That's what I do. I ask my higher self to talk to their higher self. So you can do that too. And it helps to open your your ears and your mind and your heart to begin communicating with your own higher self. And that makes everything easier. Once you once you open the gate and you can be conversing with your own higher self, everything gets easier. So thank you, Meg. That was a nice explanation. And that's probably what we're going to be talking about more, about getting connected with our higher selves and with other people's higher selves. And it does make everything easier. So tonight we have, um, I want to tell people uh, about the website, whoneedslight.org. So if you're on the call and you want to read our written messages, go to the website or our Facebook page. And we have a Facebook page that Meg is, is very active on Um, it's called Healing for Ascension Tour and we also have Healing for Ascension Tour group and the group page allows you to make contact with so many other people who are like minded and someone made the suggestion today on the page or it might have even been yesterday they were so happy to have read the um, message about our group consciousness project. And someone came on the page and they said, let's do it here. 
So, of course, this is the purpose of our group page is to create, um, as Gabriella has called it, a master class. And Gabriella oversees the Facebook page uh, with a number of other terrific light workers. Um, and the the original stated purpose was to make it a master class to help raise our vibrations and help everybody get in tune. And of course, what it has become is a group consciousness experiment and effort. So people are are realizing this and are opening up and and uh, taking part. So. Hooray! <laughs> it's working. Yeah. So as Meg said, we love to travel. We can maybe not the blink of an eye quite, but we can <laughs> if yeah. um, if we have a place to stay and people are already lined up. We can come to your area, and yes, I do love doing that. It's um, it's my favorite thing to run these wonderful groups and be able to work with people face-to-face and see people blossom, it's its just very exciting, as Meg knows from having been there. Mm-hmm. All right, so tonight we have Mother God and Sanat Kamara, and they've already told me that they want to talk about... Um, about the message from last night, and they want us to know that it was really a group message because they work as a group consciousness. So they were all very aware of it. And I was talking to St. Germain about it today, and <laughs> we have a running joke here <laughs> that he's forbidden to come back on the show. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because the last time he came, he said, the next time I come, it will be after the RV. So we told him he's not allowed to come until he's at least announcing it or, you know, it's already, it's just happened and he's coming to congratulate us. So so he's not allowed to come tonight. But he said he's going to be here anyway in the background because... Because Sanat Kamara and Mother God are are talking about one of his favorite topics. So (laughs) they will all be, they work as a group consciousness anyway. So they all know what's going on and, and they're all taking part in it. So let's see what Mother God has to say. I don't know what, what she um, would like to talk about tonight but she always has something interesting and inspiring to tell us. So let's see what she's up to. (laughs) All right, Catherine. We'll just give you a second to switch gears and open up your channels to Mother God, although I'm sure she is right here. Welcome, Mother God. We are so glad to have you tonight. Welcome, dear. And hello, everyone. Yes, it is lovely to be here. I know I always say that, but it's true. I enjoy these calls so much. And tonight we will 
allow people to ask questions if they have any left. It was a rather extensive and wide-reaching message we sent to you yesterday. So we wanted to have time to be able to talk with you about it and to explain a little more and also to give you our perspective. Serapis Bay did a wonderful job. Well, yes, of course, St. Germain was helping him. And the rest of us were giving our feedback and our ideas as well. But we were very happy with presenting you, finally, with the truth about your origins. Yes, it, it may be a little startling for a lot of you who were raised in one religion or another where, you know, they're not so clear about the beginnings of things. There are lots of different stories, but none of them are really the whole picture. So we wanted to give you the picture of why we keep saying to you how much we admire your efforts and how how powerful you are and why on earth do we call you the creator race when, you know, when you're here incarnated, it feels like you're sort of stumbling around in the dark and things don't quite ever come out the way you wanted them to and life is pretty hard. So it doesn't feel when you're there as if you're doing something marvelous, but it's true. It's it's absolutely true. You were created for this and you are brilliant even there behind the veil with only your heart to guide you and only your intuition. And yes, we've been helping recently, but there have been centuries where there were few people on the planet who could really contact us. Of course, all the training and religion didn't help because it encouraged people to think that you know, God is somewhere up there in the sky, so far away. Maybe we were created by some entity, but it was long ago and far away, and we have nothing to say about it. I know that's how it feels sometimes. I've been there. We all have, you know. We all have incarnated in this process. We wouldn't ask you to do it alone. And we have all worked together. So I think you're beginning to see that the lines certainly blur between being a human being and being a master. We take turns. We come and go. We incarnate. We work as your guides and helpers. We whisper in your ear. We're never separate. You are never alone. And that has been from the beginning because we knew when you were created that you would be the ones who would carry this, this responsibility, burden sometimes, challenge, and that you would courageously in such a determined way, keep going 
until you succeeded. Now, we did have to intervene with a few things recently, of course, because your, you know, the powers that were, the dark ones were really on the edge of creating nuclear holocaust. And that has been true since the 50s. There has been this um, backroom secret government project that the dark ones really, well, those of you who've read the message will understand this. They were cheating because the original agreement was that humankind would challenge the Dark Ones because it was their stated belief that they could be more powerful, more effective than anyone who was connected to God. It was Their idea was that being connected to your heart and your feelings and your conscience and your God weakened you. Well, if your definition is you're weak, if, you're, if you hesitate hitting someone over the head and beating them until they're dead, and you have scruples about that, that's what they called weakness. You courageous ones, agreed to challenge the dark ones. Now, the way we told the story, we gave you this part first, and then we went back to show you how long it's been. Over thousands and thousands of years, humankind was in the process of preparing for this final battle. And it has been... Yes, in some ways, a physical battle, a war. Many of you have given your lives many times to stand up against the dark ones. But that was not the most powerful of your actions. The most powerful actions were those when you stood up against the dark, the ideas, the thoughts, the manipulations, the propaganda, and you showed them that you were not afraid. You were not afraid of their threats. You were not afraid of their fear-mongering, which was their favorite tool. They tried to manipulate everyone with fear. You see it these days. It's just this week. There's been a ridiculous uh, project to try to create fear. Those, those who are still here and were trained by the, the dark ones are still playing their tricks. But they're so, well... You use the word lame. This one is especially lame because it has no basis in truth. 
How many times in the past week have you heard about the Ebola epidemic? Ebola, excuse me. Well, it is everywhere on the news. It's everywhere on television. How to prevent it, how to cure it, how to heal from it. There have been a handful of people on the entire planet. A handful who have contracted this disease. It is not an epidemic. It is truly a very unpleasant disease, yes. And you don't want it to spread. But you know how to quarantine diseases. That's been known for hundreds of years. So, here on your television are daily reports of pictures of the germs, descriptions of the gruesome death that one might experience should they contract this terrible disease, which you probably could not contract if you tried. So, what is this? Do they give you the numbers of people who have been affected? No. They just talk about one, two people who were working as missionaries who got sick and then came home to the U.S. This does not an epidemic make, dear ones. Nevertheless, the dark ones who are in charge, of course, of the medical establishment and the production of the medicines that are used want to convince your congressmen and your population that it would be a good idea to spend millions and millions of dollars on preventive measurements, measures, which they will happily provide, so that they can stockpile warehouses and, and acres of, of medical equipment that, of course, will be completely unnecessary but it would line their pockets beautifully. This is similar to the scare tactics about vaccinations and the common childhood diseases. There is finally some research coming out to show that these vaccinations are more dangerous than they are helpful. Yes, I am saying that beloved ones, they are more dangerous than they are helpful. The epidemics that they claim to have cured were not because of vaccinations. It was because the epidemic had run its course, as they all do. And you're getting better at learning how to do that, too. And now you will be given a great deal of help Sananda and Catherine are teaching you on their Sunday calls how to cure any disease. You will not be at the mercy of every germ that comes into your life. That's nonsense. You're building your immunities. You're raising your vibrations. And we have told you, dear ones, there is no disease in the higher dimensions. So go there. That's the cure. Yes, we are teaching you more about how to do that. We know it's not as simple as snapping your fingers, but it is in a way 
because all of you have been in higher dimensions. All of you. Between lifetimes, you always come back to us in the higher dimensions. You've experienced group consciousness in your heart, in your unconscious memory. You know it. You feel it. It is what many of you have felt as that longing feeling, that discomfort of being um, apart, separate from others, alienated. Much has been written and talked about, about those feelings, but I will tell you, beloved ones, it's very simple. You're remembering what it's like to be in higher dimensions, to be so connected, so completely integrated with the ones you love, that there is no separation, there is no conflict, there is no jealousy, there is no war in the higher dimensions. How could there be? You cannot create a war with people who simply love each other unconditionally. They would laugh at the idea. A war? What for? (laughs) Why would anyone want to do that? This is the place you must go to, beloved ones. And many are doing it now. You hear your comedians, the one you've, the beloved one you have lost today, made many people laugh in a very intelligent way. And you have others, those who admired him, who became political commentators. And they are doing a brilliant job of showing the world that it's simply nonsensical to go along with these proposals and these ideas. Let's have an epidemic. Well, no, I don't think so. I, I think I'll pass. Well, let's have a war then. Well, no, we're not really interested. This is what's happening. And if no one's interested and no one wants to go, there's an old song about that, isn't there? Then there won't be any wars. And if people refuse to believe the propaganda and the lies that the the dark ones have been so skillful at promoting, oh, this leader is bad and that one is evil and this one is a fake and that one's the wrong religion and so on, well, that's just silly. If you look closely, you can tell which leaders are sensible and kind. And you can tell which ones are buffoons. It truly is not that difficult to tell the difference. And why, beloved ones, do you keep voting in those people who are simply buffoons, who are pontificating and making accusations? Anyone who spends all their time deriding and belittling and attacking others is not a leader. 
they're just warmongers and, and troublemakers. They're not doing anything creative. They're just trying to tear down everyone else. Why on earth would you ever vote for someone who does that? You're asking for trouble. And you know, on that topic, there are many who profess to be religious leaders who get up on their pulpits and spew hatred. Why would anyone follow someone who is spewing opinions and hateful attitudes and accusations? Why would that even attract anyone? This is a question you must look deeply into, beloved ones. Many of you, of course, are not attracted to those things. You, you wouldn't go near it for anything. But you are surrounded by those who do. And many of you complain, oh, my whole family thinks I'm crazy. And they like to watch these programs where somebody's ranting and raving and saying how horrid the, our leaders are and the president's a crook and they're all in it together and they're all going to steal our money. And, well, why would anyone want to listen to that? You must answer that question. It is a real question. I can give you a hint. It makes them feel powerful. Now you're going to have to come up with some ways to help people who really want to feel powerful and convince them that following some radio talk show host who, well, rants and raves and throws accusations around at everybody, well, he's just a buffoon. You would call that judgmental, wouldn't you? And why would you want to even listen for a moment to someone who is just Viewing darkness. Well, there are some tricksters, of course, who spew darkness with a smile on their faces, and there are many people who are fooled by that. It's time to look deeply into this, beloved ones. You must understand. You must understand fully why this kind of thing attracts people. And you must look very deeply into yourselves to see if there are any dark corners in your own, in your own thinking and your own feelings where you're still sometimes attracted to these dark things. This is why we've been giving you these lessons. This is why we've been so persistent to convince you, you must look carefully. You must plumb the depths of your own psyche and search out any place 
that you're still carrying a dark idea, an attitude, a thought, a feeling. Now, you can use this term, the matrix. It's a good picture of what it really is because the system you've lived in was just a house of mirrors, all about illusions and lies. But, beloved ones, you were created with a heart. You were created with a brilliant heart and with a system, a physical being, that is very good at detecting. Well, you have some special words for it. Lies. Energy that is not truthful, that is not authentic, that is not real. You have excellent radar. You just have been encouraged not to use it. Well, we are prodding you and encouraging you and cheering you on to get you to use it. And when you do, when you go to the center of your brain, as Sanat will talk to you about, you can see the difference between light and dark. You can feel it in your bones. Now, there is a problem that many of you who were raised around darkness become very tolerant of it. It's as if you know, when you, um, when you listen to something like a song that's played over and over, pretty soon you don't hear it anymore. Or if there's a hum, do you still hear your refrigerator? You probably don't. You don't even notice that it's there making quite a lot of noise all the time. Well, this is why you have become so inured so used to seeing darkness, so used to hearing attitudes of darkness like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Nonsense. There is no such thing. It's how you look at your life that matters. If you're willing to feel joy, to see the bright things around you, the beauty, the love, and to allow us to pour our love down on you through and through until you're just percolating with love and compassion and kindness and joy. Then you will not be anxious. You will never be depressed. And dear ones, the, the beloved one you've just lost, was depressed from time to time because he was very critical of himself. But he was given antidepressant drugs. And this is why he is gone now. They are dark. Oh yes, they might make some people feel a little better for a while, but most people it just 
separates you from your feelings. And for some people, it makes them terribly suicidal, irrationally, completely disconnected, and especially people who are very sensitive. So they are very dangerous, very dangerous drugs. And of course, there is a much better cure for depression, and that is to be of service to others and to go out in the world and look for the joy. Tell yourself jokes. Get your friends to tell you jokes. Learn how to laugh, beloved ones. It's a cure for all ills. Now, I'm taking up some of the uh, the special area of expertise that Sanat Kumara likes to talk about. Those of you who are new may not know that Sanat incarnated a few years ago. He came back to join us in 2001. Before that, he was in New York City. He was a teacher of the technique that Catherine now calls visual centering. He developed this technique on his own because he saw that the people who suffered the most were the ones who seemed to be off balance in a very particular kind of way, and that was the way they see the world and literally the way they use their eyes. Now, I'm going to turn this over to him, and perhaps Catherine would like to talk with us as well, so maybe we can have a conversation about the teachings that he brought to the planet, very unique teachings that, of course, are based on on other old traditions, but that haven't been brought to the fore on this planet in this era at all. So it was a brand new, uh, a brand new effort, a process that he taught to hundreds and hundreds of people but one who stayed on to study with him and to learn to teach it was Catherine. And this is what she's doing now, is to carry on the tradition, the teachings. And now let me, let me allow Sanat to talk about it, because of course he is the one who was there teaching it. Now, Sanat, are you ready? Of course, dear. Yes, I'm delighted to talk with everyone. And Catherine's here. We haven't talked recently, but she knows that I'm always there. When she's working, I love to come by and listen, and she feels my presence. She knows I'm smiling and so pleased that all those years of work all that 
deep thought. It required for me to come to stay with this process and to teach it and to continue to learn. I loved it. I loved doing it. It was the center of my life in a very complete way. It is hard once you become really clear, once you are one who is walking a very clear path. It's hard to find others to join you. I did try. I often offered workshops, as Catherine does. I trained people. I taught them how to do the visual centering. But it was difficult to learn. And it was a time when the energies were much lower, when things were much harder for people to grasp. Now all of you have the advantage of knowing things about the cabal that were just not available then. Now you're beginning to see that it is all just a... Well, I won't use those words (laughs) on the air. It is all pretend. It is all deception, propaganda, as Mother God said. But in order to see it, one must have all their faculties in place. And unfortunately, you were all taught to let go of your faculties, especially your vision. Now, Catherine came to me early in, let's see, it was around 1975, I think. She had already begun studying with someone I had taught. So it was the early 70s that she began doing this work. And we worked together until the day I died. Well, you know I didn't really die, but the day I left my body, she was there with me. I know she she was reluctant to let me go. I was reluctant to leave her because we had a very special relationship. She was the only one who studied with me long enough to teach. And of course, I was delighted about that. And at the time, even though I was trained as a rabbi, and even though I had some connection to higher realms, I was not at all sure. I had the kind of philosophy that once someone finishes a life, they will go back into the great ocean of energy and be reabsorbed. Well, there's some truth to that. We can do that if we wish. But it's not being reabsorbed. It's joining your higher self. 
And so I speak to you, not as Amos, but as Sanat Kamara. It's a very nifty kind of arrangement because on one hand you get to remember everything you did, but you don't have to remain as the person you were because when you reconnect with your higher self, you become more. You get to take everything you learned with you. That's a very reassuring thing, isn't it? Every bit of work that you do now, every piece of um, enlightenment, every bit of searching to root out those old ideas and old feelings, every bit of it counts. And you get to take it with you. Unlike the money, as they say, you do get to take your work with you, your development. Whatever you have done to raise your level of vibration and to be of service to others, you take with you. It becomes a permanent part of who you are and then a permanent part of who your higher self is. And so you and your higher self both gain from what you have done here. And so it's a delight for me to see that Catherine has written down what I could not write. She has made a book out of our work together and much more. She has honed her ability to talk with us. Well, here we are. <laughs> and that just delights me. It is, she has gone far beyond what I was able to do and has been able to bring our work forward in a simpler way. And now videos of the trainings are going to help everyone. Everything is changing. And here we are on the forefront of that change. You're all working hard to find the thing that will help you. Well, there are tools available, beloved ones. They're, they're here for you. And we ask Catherine and those who work with her now to make these these uh, studies and these tools available to you for free on her website and on YouTube there are visual centering videos there are all these messages she's done and that are there for you and what fun to have Meg here to help out, to have all of you call in and, and to have the Facebook page where everyone is working together. It's no longer a, an isolated project, you know, where each one works hard in, a, alone and in private 
to try to raise their vibration, to try to recover from their childhood and so on. It's a much more powerful way to work, to be in groups, to learn how to become a group consciousness. What a wonderful thing. I could not have possibly taught that when I was there. People would have laughed. I did teach things that were pretty far out. I did manage to get people to breathe into the center of their brain. No one else was teaching that, of course. And it was very difficult to find a a niche, you know. I couldn't um, get a degree in what I was doing because nobody was teaching it. And so I worked for 50 years or more to try to teach this process that I loved. And I know many benefited from it. But the, the blossoming that's happening now Catherine's smiling, and I'm smiling too, because I see the blossoming, not just with the visual centering work, but of course, we understand that this technique, this process, has been handed down to you because it is the most effective way to clear away the old residue of painful childhood memories of conflict and the dark thoughts and feelings that are now the issue. This is what you must take on now, beloved ones. You must challenge yourselves. You talk about clearings. But the clearings you talk about are to clear away the things that have already been cleared. There's no need for you to clear away dark entities because they're gone. What you need to clear away are the thoughts, the the hooks, the ways of reasoning, the ways of thinking the ways of feeling that have held you prisoner. Look to your breathing. Begin with that. Breathing is such an important experience of being completely alive. And so many, so many people learn to just breathe little shallow gasps and and try to convince themselves that that's plenty. Start with plenty. Breathe until you feel every cell awaken, every cell filled with love, tingling and alive. And then do that in your brain. Breathe right into the center of your brain. Now you've heard 
about your inner channel from your crown chakra down through your brain, through your throat, into your heart, down through your solar plexus and your lower chakras and then all the way down into the earth. That is the line that is the anchor that you're going to use when you move back into the place that we call the zone. It's what athletes call being in the zone. But it wasn't understood that the zone is for everyone, not just so that you can dunk a basket or so that you can ski faster than anyone else. No, you need to be in the zone all the time. And when you are, life is very different. I have promised people, and fortunately it's still being carried to the world in a way that shows it's true. If you will remain in the center of your brain, the commander of every thought and every feeling and every action, you will never again feel anxiety or depression. There is no place for it in an evolved human body and mind, in a being who is centered right there in the center of your brain, which is your focal point. The way a camera has a focal point where the light, well, in a film camera, let's say, where the light hit the film in the center. We have a place like that in our brain where all the information, all the senses, all your intelligence comes together. Now, why would you want to process information anywhere else? But most people learn to think in the place of, in their brain that they used to think when they were a child. Forward in your brain or off to the side so that you have to process everything twice. So what we're suggesting for you, dear ones, is not that you change, it's that you own, use, develop, discover your most brilliant faculties. Align them, balance, and synchronize. That is the key. You know how to synchronize your telephone with your computer. Why shouldn't your brain be at least as efficient as that? Think with your center. See 
in the center of your brain. And the entire process of being alive will be different for you. Now, there are plenty of descriptions of this in Catherine's book. She has captured what I taught, the philosophy behind it, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at children, and the way we need to rebalance all of that. Once you've read the book, you will really grasp just how far off most of us have been because of nothing more than bad teaching. Not because there's anything wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. But you do need to relearn how to use your faculties most brilliantly. It takes some work. It takes some revising what you've always done. And most of all, it takes being willing to say, okay, maybe I was convinced to let go of my most brilliant faculties. Maybe I was convinced to shut down my vision. Let's regain it. Why not? There is no shame in having been compromised and and uh, pushed and prodded and poked and convinced that you shouldn't use your eyes, that you shouldn't think straight. Everyone's been through that program. Now, it's time to reclaim your brilliance. You have been told you were created for this. You are made in the image of your creator. You know how to do this. You know how to see the world with new eyes. You know how to create, to think for yourselves. But you must remove yourself from the old programs where you were convinced that certain attitudes, certain beliefs were absolutely true. Well, some time back, Mother God gave you a little lecture when she said, Dear ones, take the position that you don't know anything and that everything you've been taught is wrong. Start from there and things will be a lot easier. Then you can decide for yourself. You can really look. You can really look. And when you look at the world from the center of your brain, you will see something very different from what you're used to. Read the testimonials on the Facebook page, Healing for Ascension Tour Group. These brilliant 
light workers who came to learn visual centering learned something much more. They learned group consciousness. And this is what we are teaching. When you operate in the center of your brain, you are connected to us. You connect by way of your higher self. And your higher self is us. Join with us. Do the work you need to do. You'll be glad you did. Catherine is nodding. (laughs) She knows. She knows. We went through some difficult things for her to get to this point. And she's helped others do the same. It is a process, but a wonderful process of growth that you can feel so fulfilled, so proud of yourselves when you do it. You don't have a good word in English, you know, for being proud of yourself. It's not a matter of ego when you know that you have lived up to your wonderful potential as a human being. It's simply the delight and the satisfaction of being who you are. Nothing can be better than that. There is no treasure you can find There is no wealth that could possibly compete with being yourself. With no barriers, no masks, no puppetry, no hiding, no fear. And to never have to say again, I don't want to get too close to someone because I'm afraid I'll be hurt. Well, first of all, if you walk into a relationship with your eyes open and operating in the center of your brain, you will not be hurt. You may learn. Things may work out. They may not. But you will not be devastated by it. You will not be taken down with despair because someone doesn't turn out to be what you might have hoped. No, you simply see what is and behave accordingly. If the person turns out to be someone you don't like, you let it go. You don't mourn and gnash your teeth and tear your hair and carry on and sob. You just leave. It's very simple when you're really seeing. There is no melodrama in life. And you don't have to learn how to feel. You simply feel. You don't have to plan how you're going to be 
you simply are. So I took I took up Catherine's time here. But she feels my presence. She knows I'm here beside her. She's smiling. Now I should let her say something about the work that she and the others have been doing recently. I wanted to let you all know how delighted I am and how much fun it is for us to see you creating these networks. All of you, you're inspired. You're learning to work together in brand new ways creating group groups to talk about what your plans will be when the RV comes, internet groups to help share information. It's brilliant. Everywhere on the planet are popping up these work groups. Well, work groups are really the development of group consciousness. It's becoming easier and easier, isn't it? It used to be difficult to get a group together, and especially if it was eight or more people. There would always be somebody who would try to take over or would try to control or who couldn't wait to show everything they know to the group. That's changing. It's becoming much easier to work with others. There's a new feeling of flow and cooperation, affection and respect for one another, respect for one another's differences and the talents that arise from those differences. It is a new day. There are new possibilities open to you now that did not exist a year ago, even a month ago. Open your sights. Take off your blinders. Feel the energy flowing through you. This is your brilliance, beloved ones. Human beings can flow. Some animals can do it, you know. The cetaceans that you're familiar with, elephants can do it. But they can't speak to us. Well, they can't speak to you. They can speak to us in higher dimensions. You must tune into their language and their feelings. But you, beloved ones, can gather the information, the energy, from all around you, from higher dimensions, from each other, from the earth. 
from the trees, the plants, the animals. You can perceive it, gather it, process it all. Yes, your brains are capable of that. Breathe so that you open all those channels. Experiment with it. Many of you can hear colors or see sounds. Many of you can see auras. What is that but seeing the energy that another person produces? This is not some strange anomaly. You can all learn to do it. Expand your expectations. Expand your horizons. And you will create the paradise on earth that we have all worked together to create. This has been what you might call my baby, (laughs) this project. You know that I came here to hold the light, as you call it, to help Sananda. Together we came to defeat the darkness and look, look what you have done. Look how brilliantly you carry the torch. You run with it. Oh, yes, sometimes you trip and fall. You always get up. You always keep going. And now you are approaching a transition that will be so monumental that many people will be terribly shaken and fearful about it. This is where you come in, dear ones. You who are aware of these things, who've been listening, who've been reading, thinking, opening yourselves. Many of you are becoming psychic. Many of you are hearing us. That is wonderful. And you will be so needed. You will be the ones who will reassure those around you not to be afraid, not to worry, and you'll know what to tell them. It's a beautiful new day that's coming. It was all worth it. I do feel that way, don't you? Yes. It's beginning to dawn, isn't it? It was all worth it. And now you can wear your badge of honor on your hearts. I was created to bring the light. I was created to be the one who would tell God's story. I was created for this glorious time. 
you there in a body you have taken this opportunity this this glorious opportunity to enter into this body to raise your light to contribute your light to this beautiful project which is to raise humankind up and to convince the dark ones to give up their project. We did not want to annihilate them. We were not trying to defeat them in the sense of destroying them. No, we wanted to create a way to find a way to convince them to come back to the light. For a hundred thousand years, humankind was preparing for that. This was your destiny. This is the work that you were so willing to take on to join with us to bring the light to help humankind to survive to help humankind to evolve to become strong and sure to reclaim your intelligence your heart your intuition, and your dignity. And to be the brilliant creators that human beings were designed to be. This is why the entire universe is watching. It's not just because this is a good show which it is. But they know. They know about human beings having been created for this purpose. They know you've been fighting the dark ones all these years. They know what a challenge this was. And many of them wanted to be here There weren't enough bodies. And so they're watching, many in their ships. It is such an exciting time for us. It is a combination of all we had hoped for, all we've worked for. And when this project is done, Ah, it is just the beginning. Just the beginning of something even more wonderful. Because now we will reap the rewards. We will savor the fruits of our labor together. And you will raise your vibration to higher dimensions. And there will be an enormous shift that will be felt throughout the entire multiverse.
and then we will all join hands and say to one another, that was a job well done. I send you my great love. I wish you well. And you know I have been here with you always. And I always will be. You can call on me. You can call on any of us. Some are better known than others, but we're all here to help you. We're all here to finish this together. Those who are standing with the water at the finish line, those who have designed the race, those who have run the race, those who carry the banner, all, all have worked together. And so, I send you my great love. I wish you delight, joy, comfort, and the sweetness of knowing that we are one. Farewell. And now I turn this back to our dear Meg and to Catherine, my old friend. (laughs) I have to tell a joke. That reminded me of a time. She came in after one of her retreats when they had climbed 10 miles in the mountains. She'd climbed two mountains with her group. (laughs) And she came to see me after that, and she was complaining that she was sore. (laughs) And I said, well, you know, you're no spring chicken. (laughs) She just just reminded me of that. (laughs) And that was 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was admiring all of you climbing that mountain, (laughs) and we remembered that joke. (laughs) So I will turn this back to to you and Catherine, and no, Mother God says she's she's finished her, her piece for tonight. So let's Let's hear what Catherine would like to say. <laughs> Namaste, all. Thank you, <laughs> beloved, for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> well, you're no spring you chicken, you, you know. You spring chicken when you were 50. <laughs> Well, he was close to 80 at the time, so (laughs) it made it doubly funny. (laughs) I know Amy's having a really good laugh right now listening to this with her Mm -hmm. hike up the mountain that helped us all drop deep into some powerful visual centering. So I hope she's chuckling about her spring chicken experience. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> well, it does. It is humbling, of course, and it does make you want to stay in shape when you when you do a climb like that. So it's inspiring to encourage us to all, you know, be careful about our our physical condition and keep it, you know, pay attention. That's part of being human. He didn't talk too much. It's hard for me to call him Sanat. I know him as Amos, you know. He's Amos to me. But um, that's part of what's been so... He didn't mention this, so I'm going to add it. That's part of what's been so um, so much a separate kind of thing for us, separate from each other, go to work out in the gym by yourself, or separate from yourself, send your body to the gym to work it out. You know, take your body to the gym, put it on the treadmill, um, prod it, push it until it obeys and starts to build some muscles. We've been taught to be so separate from our own physical experience that these workshops I've, whenever I can, um, base it around some kind of activities like that because it just really increases our awareness that we need to be inside our bodies <laughs> and that this process of raising our vibration is, is not about leaving our bodies behind. It's about tuning them even better and taking them with us. So we all need to be very aware of our diet. So we're going to hear about that next Sunday from you. We're going to talk about nutrition and a bunch of other things, I think. Mm-hmm. about um, diabetes, but it's important to be really aware of your of your diet, of your the way you use your body. We, you know, we can't all be working out at the gym all the time, but we can be using our bodies in such a way that they don't fall apart. You know, we have a very um, uh, low limit to what we think we should be capable of. People think that if, you know, by the time you're 60, you're really over the hill and you're old. Well, if you keep that idea, that's one of those brainwashing things. If you keep that idea, you will feel old. You'll get old and you'll give up. And then your body will obey. So this is part of the the workshops and the retreats to really feel just how powerful you really are. I mean, none of us were young, the group that went up the mountain, but everybody was really feeling their competence. You know, climbing a mountain is, it's great fun. You get to see the view and all, but watching others really put in the work to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Gabrielle is here. She said she's young. 
<laughs> it's true. She's under 40. That's young. But, I mean, we weren't 12. We didn't have any teenagers with us. But, yeah, Gabriella is like a teenager. <laughs> so we're learning, and we're trying to set the example of, you know, you work at it. You just keep doing it. And the more you do it, the better you get. So, thank you, Sanat Kamara, <laughs> Amos. And thank you, Mother God. And look, we have a couple of people who want to ask a question or make a comment. So, okay. we'd, we'd like to hear from them. I think I know who this one is. Let's open the line, 2352-3087. Hello, are you, are you there? Hello, Catherine. Hi, Rod. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Hey, I finished your book. <laughs> Wonderful. I'd like, to, I'd like to make a comment on it. You know okay. how... Oh, you know how Obama drew a line in the sand and put his toes on the front of the of the line? Hmm, well, what you I did, didn't see that. Yeah, you know, it was over Syria. You come past this line and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you did, you did the opposite. You drew a line and put your heel on it. And you said, forget everything in back of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, when I read that book, oh, and by the way, I'd like to comment on your and criticize you guys for referencing 80, 60, and 40 as old age because I just hit, 80, I just hit 83 this last week. So I'm taking Good offense to things. I'm taking offense to things like that. Oh, well, um, no, I was, I was really showing how we I'm should all kidding. take offense to those things. So I agree with you 100%. But anyway, relative to your book, I found it interesting that at 83... I uh, sort of um, recognized that I wasn't as as discerning as I thought I was as to what might have created the the impressions in my consciousness that have wound up there. And I found it interesting Hmm. that what I I think I did was find it uh, unacceptable to blame other people for my shortcomings and took the responsibility for myself and all the things that have accumulated to basically screw my head up. I thought Mm -hmm. it was interesting, you know, and I don't think a lot of people accept the idea that parents can be such a demeaning factor in their life as far as their, their awareness is concerned. Right. So, so I found it quite interesting and I thought I'd pass that on to other people and, suggest that they do go out and read your uh, read your book. Uh, mm-hmm. Incidentally, when we started, Meg mentioned the fact that God sent down to earth the human race in order to overcome the black, dark side of life. Now, the question that I have is, is God, is he the God of the multi, multiverse or just our universe, which is it? 
the creator who is the creator of all. He's the, the creator. Multiverse. Well, yeah. well, why would why would he be why would he have sent the the dark ones down first to do their damage and then have us go and repair it? It would be sort of like him sending a bunch of guys out to break some windows and then sending <laughs> the glazier in to fix them. Oh, I don't think that's how it worked. Um, I think that the dark ones decided to be dark because they had free will. That was not creator's intention. The intention was to give us a choice. I'm getting a pinch on my toe right now. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing. It was not creator's intention that people do anything in particular with what they were given, but just that they learn and experience. Now, the ones who decided to go to the dark side took it to a very extreme extreme. They decided to monkey with their own DNA. That was not creator's doing. They changed their DNA in order to disconnect them from their empathy, basically from their hearts. So that they came up with on their own. And they were, the reptilians were known as a very passionate and creative race. Well, some of them used that to monkey with themselves so that they could become basically psychopaths. So it's more like, you know, creator let us all loose here and gave us free will and we came up with some pretty dark stuff. So now we're we're doing the cleanup. The humans are doing it. But aren't we somewhat still in it from what I read? Mm-hmm. And from what I can, from what I can tell about the evidence, the uh, twin towers didn't come down the way they suggested they did. But you know, the hard thing is to believe anything else would create in your mind that there's such vicious, viciousness and and what you might say un, uncontrollable un, disbelief in people's ability to be conscious about what they've done. That we can't yeah. believe it ourselves. I mean, it's hard to believe somebody could be that cruel. I, you brought up a really important thing, and that is the tendency of light workers to want to just forgive everybody. We don't want to think that there can be people who are so vicious and cruel, but you know, if we if we acknowledge that they deliberately cut the connection in themselves between their thinking and their conscience. Well, then, they can do anything. They could do anything. Yeah. Look at at ISIS. They're pretty cool. Right, yeah. (laughs) And, and of course, they name it after uh, an ascended master, so to try and confuse us. Yeah. But you what you're saying is very important and the part that you realized we're not 
blaming our parents when we see that what they did was damaging. It's simply seeing the truth. But it's hard for us to accept it, though. That's the problem. Well, I mean, we all I, want to I think we little... had wonderful parents, you know, and they loved yeah, us. Yeah. As a little <laughs> child, I didn't sit there and, and create in my mind that my dad could be anything but loving. Yeah, well, that's what we wish. That's what we want to believe. And then we learn to accept illusions. So we learn to teach ourselves illusions. And then when life presents us with lies, we don't bristle because we've learned to accept, you know, that what we saw, when we saw cruelty, we call it love. And then we go out in the world and we see cruelty and we're tempted to call it love. Or at least they didn't mean it, you know? Yeah. I can remember an instant. Here I am at my age and I can still remember it as though it was yesterday. I was out in the backyard and Dad had a bunch of building uh, boulders that he was building a stone fence with and I dropped a knife and this knife went down into this pile of boulders, and I couldn't figure out where it went. So Dad came out, and he says, I'm going to give you a whipping every half hour before you, if you can't find it. And I remember getting two whippings because I couldn't find the knife. And I thought uh-huh. to myself, well, I guess that's the way to teach a kid to, to, to hustle. You know, that was my justification. Right, yeah, yeah. And then? Rather than saying, God, he's pretty mean to do that. <laughs> So now it's okay to say that he was being mean. It's all right yeah, because it was true. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, that's what I found interesting about your book is that you brought so many examples up whereby you could turn around the, the reasons uh, justifiably in your own mind to not blame yourself for having a problem. Yeah. So it's not that we're looking to get out of it or or pass it on or be irresponsible or anything like that. It's that we want accuracy and to see things as they really are. And if you're going to see things as they really are, you also have to see things as they were. So once you're grown up, it doesn't matter. You know, if your parents, if you were Lizzie Borden and... Jack the Ripper, it really doesn't matter because yeah. once you're grown up, you can do it your own way. And then anyway, we don't I have to blame I'd... ourselves and we don't have to blame them either. They were well, trained that my, way too. I've, I've taken up my five minutes and I just want to ask you does uh, <laughs> Meg Davis have a website that I could contact her on? Oh, she certainly does. I have a Facebook page mm-hmm. that you, where you can contact her, and she's right here, and she can tell you what it is. Okay. Yes, Hi, Meg. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can, uh, my Facebook page is Wisdom Within hyphen Meg Davis, and you can just post it right on there, what your question is, um, and I'll post it right back, and if we need a more personal discussion, then I'll make that information known to you. So just contact me on the Facebook page, and I'll get right back to you. 
Okay, I'd appreciate it. Well, girls, it's You're been welcome. great talking Thanks. to you. And I'll call you girls because of simply the age <laughs> bracket that I'm in. <laughs> You're entitled. <laughs> Thank you. I'll talk to you later, Catherine. Good night. Nice to hear from you, Rod. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rod's always, he's been working hard, and I hope your health is good, Rod. Nice to hear from you. Yes. Okay, so we have one other person, and we have just time for one more uh, maybe question or comment. Yes, we're going to open up area code 540 ending in 5711. Just give us your name and where you're calling from. Hi, Catherine and Meg. This is Amy. <laughs> I thought that number looked familiar. <laughs> Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi. I just wanted to let Meg know that, yes, I did get a chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were talking about our, our trek up the mountain? Oh, yes. Uh, it, it will, it, I, it, I will never forget it. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that was a great call this evening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, so you have a great evening, and I will yeah, continue. Okay, Thanks, good night. Amy. Nice to hear from you. So we can, we can add, Amy was really an inspiration for the rest of the group. And ironically, in her... She was having trouble climbing the mountain. She has um, vision problems that made it very difficult for her to to see three-dimensionally so that when you step down uh, over a root or a rock or or whatever, um, it was difficult for her. And plus she was working hard to, you know, with the physical strain. So it was so clear that... Amy was going to get to the top of that mountain, and it didn't matter to her what it took. She was going to get there. And it was such an inspiration to the rest of us that we started to think this way. And uh, maybe some of the rest of you will will recognize this in incidents that you've had um, with people that you're close to. So as we were climbing up the mountain... We, it was a path, but there were many places that it was pretty rough. There were some scrambling over boulders. There were some very steep parts. There was, you know, it was up and down. Um, it was pretty strenuous in places. So all of us started thinking about, we knew Amy was, was working hard. And it was hard to tell. She never complained. So it was hard to tell just, you know, if she was in pain or if she was if she was really going to make it. So we all started thinking about, okay, here we are. We're all together. Let's keep changing places so that there's always somebody who's fresh there to kind of help Amy out if she needs a hand. And then, you know, everybody kind of wanted to chip in and wanted to, and plus, we all wanted to kind of be around Amy because we wanted to know how she was doing. And it was so impressive to watch what she was doing, too. So we all kind of kept track. 
And then we became so conscious. Um, Gabriella was up in the front a lot of the time because she needed to get to the top of the mountain so she could come back down to pick up Noev in time, you know. And, and so we were all aware of who was where and who was with whom. And even Che added to this, too. He started to go home at one point. <laughs> he turned around and started back down the mountain, and Meg had to catch him. So we were all very aware of where everybody else was. And as we did this, it got stronger and stronger as we went up the mountain. At any given time, I could feel it. I knew where everyone was. And I knew that they were all tuned in, too. And so there was never any question that we weren't all in it together and that we were all climbing that mountain as one. So this is how it came about, this um, realization that we were in a state of group consciousness. And we thank Amy for that. If we had all just been charging up the mountain with, you know, without, without a care in the world, we wouldn't have had that same attention to what we were doing. And it really created something magical. Does that sound right to you, Meg? It really does. It's, it's always just nice to hear that process again because it was very sacred and also very available to everyone. Mm-hmm. I think what's so powerful is is I could see how what was created very clearly. There was no mystery. You know, sometimes I think um, some of this ascension process still feels mysterious. There's a lot we don't know. They tell us we don't know a lot, and we and that takes faith. But there's still a lot, of course, we don't know. This was so clear about how this formed with our intention, what were the galvanizing areas, and what it took. So it was very easy, I think, very translatable for the group to go back to their homes and continue to work with it, like I described at the first part of the call. Mm-hmm. I had a real skill, a real how-to of what to do to create my experience that I wanted and to help others raise their vibration, tempting the link. Now, even though we may go back to our own areas and we're not working as a conscious group like we were, where we could talk about this and and meet with our intentions together clearly and say, yes, I agree, I'm in, we can still work with that, with our higher selves as our partners. Um, And another thing that was very unique I'll just bring up is that I didn't, I saw visual centering used in a new way. When it was picked up by a member of the group and applied with Amy, so there was a group member um, named Mary, and she was, Amy and I and her were together in the earlier part a lot together along with Michael, and 
others would come back in and out. And many times when Amy would stop and say, okay, I just need a break, maybe she would get a little bit disheartened or maybe she lost a smidge of confidence and Mary would stop, turn around and say, okay, let's visually center. Let's straighten our backs. Let's look straight ahead. Let's ground into Mother Earth. Let's feel her core crystal. Let's reach up to our higher self and feel our spine, feel every cell, and draw energy. And that was a beautiful awareness that just came up in the moment because it was needed. And Mary picked up the visual centering and applied it. And everybody can do that. Everybody mm-hmm. can draw upon that example, even if they don't know visual centering yet. Mm-hmm. They can stop any physical situation in any mental situation or a stressful situation and square their shoulders, straighten their spine, look straight ahead, really breathe through their eyes, like Sanat Kumar said. Breathe to the center of your brain. You're going to be more visually centered with just the attempt anyway with breathing through your eyes, ground into the crystal core and draw energy. And Amy would say, oh, okay, I'm stronger. Let's go. And she right. kept going. Yeah, and was I was in awe. I was looking at Mary and said, where did that come from? And I just, she says, I don't know. just was there. So she was getting information from her higher self mm-hmm. that said, Mary, Apply it this way because she was visually centered and she was part of the group. Mm-hmm. So as we go along, we continue to hear more and more ways of raising vibration, applying what we hear in the messages, applying what you're teaching in the book, applying things on your website, and then also in our own lives, drawing what we already know and then combining it together. And it's for everyone to access, just like Rod said. Read the book. <laughs> read the book. Watch the messages. Listen to the calls. And you start being able to apply it in unique ways that are so personal with your unique brilliance, your unique spirit. And so not just encourage us to take it and apply it with our own faculties. And here mm-hmm. was a perfect example so I just wanted to add that piece to it. it. was so powerful to watch and to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, thank you. Right, it's practical, which is what I've always loved about it. I mean, because you just feel better, you get better at everything you do. Your creativity expands tremendously, and then you don't have to feel anxious anymore. You know, so. I wish this for everyone. It makes life so much more fun. And I think they can hear that. I mean, we had a fabulous time. Maybe these groups are always fabulous, but it's getting, each time it gets more intense and more, it, the energy's rising. We're getting a lot of help. So it's time for us to sign off and uh, say we you know farewell for now but we'll be back on Sunday 
and we're going to have a lovely healing call that's a, really a continuation of all these things we've been doing. So, did I cover all the announcements, Meg? Yes. So, I think if there's anybody that would like to be especially called out on the healing call on Sunday, I don't know if we're going to the um, Arcturian ships right. or not, but please just contact Gabriella at the... Um, can you... Um, yeah. The contact information for Gabriella. It's Gabriella at healingforascension.com. Thank you. And, and people people who want to be uh, especially acknowledged um, on the call, who have a healing request, you can send it to Gabriella, and she will. She. Um, types it up for me and puts it on a list for me to read, and those people will be especially um, attended to on the Sunday healing call. All right. So what a pleasure tonight was. It always is a pleasure. I love doing this channeling and feeling my friends around me. It's just such a treat for me, but I'm happy to share it, too. So, you know, staring up at the stars with the flashing ships and just knowing <laughs> they're watching us and smiling and cheering us on. Yes, they are for sure. Okay, good night, good morning, uh, good afternoon from wherever you are around the world. We'll see you again on Sunday. And between now and then, I will be getting written messages every day until the RV, and may it be tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, it is done. (laughs) It is done. It really looks like it's going to be any day now. So I, I love doing the messages, but it'll be fun to reap the rewards. (laughs) All right. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. And we're going to hear from Cat Stevens again. This, these are different versions, and I'm going to play one each time. Here we go. Bye-bye. Dreaming about the world as well. And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of dawn There rides a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country Come take me home again Cause I've been smiling lately Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Peace train sounding louder Glide on the peace train Come on, peace train It's peace train, holy roller Everyone jump up on the peace train Come on, peace train Now get your bags together Go bring your good friends too Cause it's getting